Third, John has Gaius saluted and commended. Diotrephes versus Demetrius and the conclusion of the letter. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. Second John, or excuse me, third John, starting at verse one. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God profitable for us. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly, rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such, that we may be fellow helpers to the truth. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth, prating against us with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither doth he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Demetrius hath good report of all men, and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee, Greet the friends by name. Thus far the reading of God's holy word from 3 John. May the Lord bless us in the reading and hearing of it. Here in verses 1 through 8, we have Gaius saluted, praised for the good report of him, his charity and hospitality. Now this verse 1, this title, the well-beloved Gaius in Greek, is a title of honor. Gaius, the beloved one. That's his name. That's his title, so to speak. May we be known as such. He wishes above all things that he may prosper. This is sincere love. When we have a universal desire of prosperity for the object of our love, a good path set before them. That's the idea of prosperity. And he says not merely prosperity, but that he may be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So if we are in health and the work of God in our soul, the grace of God goes forward, then he wishes for that. If we prosper so that our soul shrivels up, he does not wish for that. This is no health and wealth gospel. No, sometimes God wants us to suffer for our spiritual benefit, as Peter says. 
if it seem necessary to God that you suffer for a little while, that the proving of your faith may be like gold. So there are times that we do not prosper, that we are not in health, so that our souls may prosper. But here he wishes for prosperity of body, of goods, of name, of relations, that his estate would grow so long as it's consistent with his soul's prosperity. We must love one another in accordance with truth for their temporal well-being, but never that their temporal well-being goes beyond their spiritual well-being. And there are two ditches. You know, Satan always has ditches. God has a path. Satan says, well, I don't want you on the path. Can you just come to this side? Just take this portion of the truth so that you don't have the whole thing. Then I've got you. Well, what's one? Well, it's this idea of the prosperity gospel. All it is is about your goods. God wants you to be rich. He wants you to have a jet. He wants you to have a mansion, blah, 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 blah. And if you don't have enough faith, you won't get it. But if you have enough faith, you'll get it. Actually, some people, God hates them, so he gives them things. The wrath of God came upon them, so he gave them quail from heaven. Do you remember this? They said, well, we don't like this manna. We want flesh to eat. And the wrath of God came upon them while the flesh was in their mouth. He gave them what they wanted, but sent leanness into their souls. God doesn't just give us, give, 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 give. No. Health and prosperity gospel on the one side. And then Satan says, yeah, you shouldn't believe in that health and welfare gospel. You should believe in the miserable poor gospel. You should go over here. Don't worry about the body. Who cares about your goods? Who cares about your estate and your good name? God says, both. I want your soul to prosper. I want your estate to prosper. I want your body to prosper. I want you to be in good health. Let us learn to love the whole man, not Satan's ditches, but God's pathway. Now, verse 3, you'll note here, he says, he rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Notice, this is very common in John. You have doctrine, and then you have walking or practice of the doctrine. And John is glad to hear, not merely that he knows the truth, that the truth is in him, but also that he walks in the truth. You order your life in accordance with the word of God. You don't just know everything it says. You do what it says. Again, remember Satan's two ditches, right? Well, just be concerned about the doctrine. So that way you can fill your head with knowledge. Don't worry about walking in what God says. Worry about doctrine. Oh, well, don't be just so doctrinal. Why don't you just worry about doing Practice, do good, do these things, walk in this way. Don't worry about doctrine. Do you think that's what Jesus taught? Of course not. And it's not what the apostle teaches either. His joy was great because he heard a witness from the brethren that Gaius, the well-beloved Gaius, he knew the truth and he walked according to the truth. And both are what we call the Christian religion, doctrine and duty. And then he has no greater joy, he says, than to hear that Gaius, his child in the faith, walks in the truth. That gives him the greatest joy. Verse 5, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest. You are a reliable man. 
He could lean upon Gaius. If he was going to do something for the brethren, he asked Gaius, would you do this? He knew Gaius would do it. He was faithful in whatever, and this is very rare. Not merely to the brethren, but even to strangers, he says. Gaius' hospitality was universal. And notice, the brethren would come and bear witness of his charity before the church, verse 6. Wouldn't this be nice? If in church we could hear good reports of our neighbor, of the good things that they do in honesty and faithfulness, what do we often hear? Slander, gossip. Oh, did you hear what so-and-so did? Let me tell you a prayer request I have. So sanctimonious. I want to pray for this awful person over here who did these bad things. But let me present it in a pious way so you can't tell that I'm slandering them. What did they do? They reported publicly before the whole church the good deeds of this man. His charity before the entire church. Because, note there, verse 6, they bore witness of his charity, whom if thou bringest forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Or not merely after a godly sort, but according to God himself, for God's sake, bringing them on their journey. He says that we ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers. The moral obligation by Christ's love constraining us to bring them on their way, to receive them into our homes, he says. That's what the word ought means. It means you have a moral obligation to do a thing. And the word fellow helper means fellow worker. You know, in the Bible, there are fellow workers with the apostles and evangelists. And sometimes these are women who are fellow workers. But it doesn't mean that women were violating the commands of God that say that women shouldn't teach in the church, that they shouldn't preach or they shouldn't have authority over men. It's not that. It's that you can show hospitality or give money and be a fellow worker to some missionary who's going someplace. You don't have to go and preach yourself. We see this in Romans 16.3 or Philippians 4.3. We have fellow laborers, even women who are true yoke fellows and who are fellow laborers with Paul in the gospel. You think they were out there preaching? Well, that's what the communists want us to think. Yeah, they were out there. See, everybody's the same, male, female, no difference. No, the Bible doesn't teach that. But it does say that you can labor in the gospel by prayer, by giving, or in this case, hospitality, which is exactly what Gaius was known for. Then verses 9 through 12, we have Diotrephes and Demetrius contrasted. Now, the name Diotrephes means one who is fed or nourished by Dios, by God, or by Zeus, you might say, or Jove. Those are the other names. But this means God has nourished this man. Now, what has happened to Diotrephes? Does he love the brethren? Does he, having been fed by God himself, administer those good things to others? No, he does not. He wants first place. That's what preeminence means. It means to love being number one. And because someone else who had seen the Lord Jesus Christ, who was inspired by God to write the gospel and the revelation and the epistles, meh, I can't have him coming around here. How am I going to be number one with someone so gifted as him? He would not 
receive the apostle. He did not receive the ministers of the gospel. And if in his church someone reached out to help the ministers of the gospel who were going to preach on their way, what did Diotrephes do? Good job, guys. No. He kicked them out of the church. He excommunicated them for doing what was good. And this is what happens in the church. The chief cause of the church's troubles is often churchmen who want to be number one instead of wanting to minister, as Paul said, and be helpers of the joy of the people. They want to have dominion over their faith. You'd better do everything that I say. You'd better believe everything that I believe. Well, if you're preaching the word, yes, everyone has to believe that. If you're preaching yourself, they better not listen to you because man is not your savior, Christ is your savior. So Diotrephes loved the preeminence. And notice he also prated against us with malicious words, John says. Now John is going to punish these evil words. These are senseless or prating words, idle accusations. And let us remember, when we hear accusations against someone, should we believe them right away? Diotrephes made prating words against John. Should they have believed those words? No. They should have suspended judgment and said, well, let me see the facts. Let me hear the truth of the matter. Oh, you told me a, ba a bad thing about John? Let me write a letter and find out what he says about it. Is this true what you're saying? You're prating words, in other words. <clears throat> he forbids those who would receive John or the other ministers of the gospel, and he casts them out of the church. So he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. We can make a profession with our words that can be vain and idle, but God says, walk in the truth. Not just know the truth, not just believe the truth. We hear the truth so that we might do the truth. And he that doeth good then is of God. It's not mere words, not idle speculation. Contrast Diotrephes with Demetrius. He hath a good report of all men. Now, he did not have a good report of Diotrephes. So when it says all men, as the Bible often does with general terms, you have to particularize it. Well, what in context does that mean? All good men. Not wicked men. Did Jesus have a good report of all men? No. Some people said he was demon-possessed. Some people said his mother was, uh, shall we say, a woman of the night. Some people said that he cast out demons by the prince of the demons, Satan himself, Beelzebub. Is that a good report? No. But did he have a good report of all good men? Yes. Just as Demetrius not of Diotrephes or others, but all good, reasonable, godly, and scripture men. Furthermore, Demetrius had a good report of the truth itself, and that is enough. Does the truth report well of you? Well, let the world say what it will. If the truth reports well of you, that is enough. And then verses 13 and 14, John's hope of visiting Gaia shortly and discussing more face to face. But I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. 
Now, this is important, and we talked about this with 2 John. Christian fellow, fellowship is best done how? On the internet, on your phone, on a keyboard, on a telephone, right? No, wrong. John could write letters back and forth with these people, and he says, I have more things to tell you, but I don't want to do it with ink and pen. I want to see you face to face, literally mouth to mouth. No six-foot rule, no masks, no shots, no little log-on, no. He wanted to see him face to face. Do you know why that is? Are you a human? Well, what composes the human nature, do you know? Is it just your spirit? Are you a disembodied angelic spirit? Or do you also have a body as part of your basic nature? Well, guess what? God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Then he became a living soul. The body plus the spirit equals the living soul of man. So if we say, well, I can log on to church and I can just have correspondence and I can be all by myself and I can say, stay away from me, you unclean coffer. What am I saying? Well, I'm a disembodied spirit. I'm not a real human being. And do you think it wasn't intentional that they did this? Lockdowns? Don't go to church, go to Walmart, go to the bar, go protest, go burn down the big cities. But don't you dare go worship God and don't you dare sing his praise. No, that was intentional. Satan wants you to be despondent, to be out of fellowship, to not have the joy of seeing a Christian face to face, of greeting the brethren with a holy kiss. You think that they want you to do that? You think they want you to obey Jesus who says, visit the sick? Oh, I can't be face to face with this person. I might get them sick. Yeah, duh, God knew that. And he still told you to meet face to face. And thus far, the exposition of 3 John.